0: Hello and welcome to the GamesIndustry.biz podcast. Before we get started, you might have noticed this isn't the voice you normally hear. I am, alas, not James Batchelor. I'm Will Freeman and I'll be your host for this, the first episode of the GI Podcast's new Playable Futures series. Today we're actually going to be speaking to the United Nations about the opportunities they say for games to make a positive impact in the future. Before I go on, don't worry, your regular GI Podcast isn't going anywhere. You'll still be hearing loads of great episodes with James and his team at the helm. You haven't lost James, don't worry. Um, But over the coming weeks and months, I'll be presenting kind of occasional special playable futures episodes as part of the regular GI podcast stream. In all of these, I'll be speaking to different industry veterans and leaders, like creative visionaries. I guess just people shaking up what games can be, regardless of how long they've been in the industry. The reason I'm speaking to those kind of people is to kind of understand their visions of where the gaming medium and industry will go next. And simply put, that is what Playable Futures is all about. If you've heard the term Playable Futures, hopefully you have, it might be because you've read some of the Playable Futures articles on the gamesindustry.biz website. Exactly like those articles, the episodes of this podcast are brought to you through the collaboration of G.I., of course, um, Yuki and D.Va Agency. With all that out of the way, let's actually dive into this episode. Uh, yeah, an interview with the United Nations about games. A good start. So, back in the definite noise and definite chaos of Gamescom, I sat down and caught up with Sam Barrett. Quite a long job title. Hope to get it for you first go, Sam. He is Chief of the Youth... Education and Advocacy Unit at UNEP's Ecosystems Division within the United Nations. Honest, I wasn't reading that from a piece of paper. So at UNEP, Sam founded something called the Playing for the Planet Alliance. It's a collaboration with our industry, the games industry, and it strives to kind of inform gamers' behaviour while encouraging sustainability in the sector. So let's dive into the conversation and hear from Sam himself. You know, why on earth is a global organisation like the UN seeing games as part of its mission's future so brace yourself to be taken back to the less than tranquil halls of Gamescom. it's really noisy with that in mind let's go sam um thank you so much for joining us in the play of the futures podcast um yeah i'm really interested to talk about what your work with the un is and, and the impact within the games industry and games and medium. Uh, First of all, just, you know, how's Gamescom been going for you so far? Have you
1: had much time to enjoy anything or see anything exciting? It's been good. Uh, First time, so taking it in, the scale and the size, the ability to get lost. Uh, But I've been really impressed with how they've thought deeply about sustainability here with Felix, the organizer, who did the first ever Green Game Award, which is super. Um, we've done a couple of really good sessions with different people with different questions. Um, I feel like we've gone through the COVID experience where people were head down, focus, deliver, into now head up, think, and reflect. And so I think sustainability, particularly given the summer that everybody has had in, in Northern Europe, has forced everyone to think quite differently about who we are, where we are, and what we might. Be about to face. Yeah,
0: you know, I got a
1: train all the way here from Hastings
0: in the UK and I absolutely love the experience and don't. Maybe it's unrealistic to so say I'm never going to get on a plane again, but yeah, I personally feel exactly what you're describing there and it's my 10th or 11th game is coming, I definitely still have lost, so there's <laughs> nothing to worry about there. Yeah. I guess, you know, I think people have heard of the UN. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think people probably think of video games when they first think of the UN. So it'd just be great to get a sense of kind of what your project with games is and its kind of aims and hopes, I guess.
1: Well, I think there's three things behind what we do. The first is that uh, we try and work with sectors. So whether it's the finance sector, the insurance sector, the sports sector, about how they can use their power and their influence to shift the world from where we are to where we need to be and just watching my son Jimmy play games, um, and just how it holds him captive for a period of time, but also conversing with friends, and just the opportunity to think about how this medium could not just inspire uh, and enjoy, escape, whatever it might be, but also the possibility to act. So the second thing I've been really curious about is I think gaming can do things that no other medium can in the world, and I think we can make a difference with this industry. And the third thing I'd say is, I don't think everyone's ever really spoke to the video gaming industry from the UN to talk about what's possible. And so two and a half years ago, we spoke with uh, Jim Ryan and Phil Spencer, and we had a brilliant conversation that said, you know what, I think the video gaming industry can make a massive dent on some of the sustainability changes challenges we face and they said yeah alright uh, and we've taken it from there
0: yeah I feel it almost feels quite flattering for an organisation like the UN to approach games have you found the industry receptive and enthusiastic
1: yeah I think it's been I, I think there's been overwhelming engagement um, I think some people at the start for journeys they say I haven't even thought about this so give me a bit of time others are a bit like yeah we're ready we want to play a leadership role, show us what we can do, and then others said, look, we need a bit more time to deal with this because we're part of this kind of mega entity, so we can't just buy all this off without getting more senior support on it, but we can do this, this and this. So I would say definitely overwhelming engagement on this, which has been super positive. And then when there's not people saying yes, um, we check back in on them in a couple of months and say, okay, you said, you said no then, but will you say yes now? And some people want to work with us, some people want to do it on their own. So for us, it's not to say, we claim this kind of proprietal ownership of everything to do with sustainability. It's more, the mission is, how can we inspire the industry to do as much as it possibly can? And our role is to be an agent for change and a facilitator of impact on this, as opposed to, A concretized entity where everyone has to come through our door to make a difference.
0: Right. Okay. That's interesting. And something that strikes me, you know, it's been, I guess, my own work writing about and for the industry. The um, wonderful opportunity and the challenge is the size of what video games as a medium and industry have become. You know, I guess not just the scale, but the breadth of different experiences and player demographics and types of game studio. You know, how do you to get to a question, how do you approach kind of getting through all that to your end goals? Is it about changing the industry so that leads to content that makes the players think? How how do you approach something so big with views making a difference?
1: So I would say this is a good question. I don't think there's one answer to that. Um, I think every game can make a difference. Um, the way we think about activations in games, it needs to be authentic, it needs to be true to the nature and the direction of the game, and it needs to retain the fact that games are for escape, they are for fun, they are for pleasure. So I think what we're not looking to do is kind of have this austere kind of school teacher turning up in the middle of the game and just kind of proselytise around what should be done. It's more where there is a game that leans in one direction, can it lean harder and further, with a purposeful opportunity that's based around that game. Right,
0: and that word purpose seems important there, is that fair to
1: say? I'd say it's more to do with, uh, say, a couple of examples. I think there's an axis, so uh, you can't see my hands on a podcast, but on the left-hand side, uh, here is some information that will be useful for you to know about. Uh, Next slide would be, here are some things you could share with others that maybe they could join you on to make a difference next area would be, this is something you could do, should you wish to to do this, this, and this, then we as a sector have come together to choose that we will aggregate our impact to do this. So I think there's a spectrum of opportunities around engagement that gaming companies can do. And what we're looking to do is not say you have to do this, but here is a range of things you could do, let's work on them together, and together the industry can achieve this. So what we're looking to do is aggregate the impact to the industry but I think the exposure to both experts that we provide that can give insight can lead to the industry maybe changing a little bit of its culture mm-hmm. and maybe changing a little bit about how it thinks about uh, what it does. So when it places its feet on the floor, it does it with intention, like, okay, we can make a difference here. So when people play, they're not just having the greatest experience of a game that's kind of immersive, and blah, blah, blah. But also, they can give a bit back as well.
0: Right, and you make me think that's something cinema has done for many decades, right? As it can be an entertaining experience, it's a thought-provoking one. It feels like, particularly like you say, with games' ability to engage, that is... It it feels very achievable, Yeah, without (laughs) suggesting it's easy.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I'd say that games are now becoming a form of culture. Um, I think a lot of people don't understand games, uh, and so maybe people of a different generation might get frustrated by them. But I think games are everyone, and people who play games don't even think of themselves as a gamer. So my mother-in-law plays Candy Crush quite regularly, um, and it's just something she does. Uh, She doesn't see herself as a gamer, it's just a way that she fills time and and relaxes to some extent. So I would say um, cinema has been a medium that has got people to um, I don't know, go on journeys of adventure um, and they sit for two hours and they're just amazed about the potential of storytelling. But I think the storytelling we're now seeing in gaming has that same narrative capability. Um, but I think what's different in gaming is in a film they say, now please go to this website. Uh, in a game you can say, uh, now we would like you to do this. Here is a currency you can use. Here are some friends of yours that have done this. And if we do this together, we can achieve this. So I think the fact that games have a captive community that is passionate about the game and want to work in the spirit of the community of the game, that's, no one else can do that.
0: Right, yeah, and it can take place within the game or as part of the game content. You're reminding me there was a movement of some sorts in games 10 to 15 years ago, and starting to get scientific experts to inform very fictional fantastical game so I remember speaking to an expert in prosthetics and there was a fictional a fictional game world where the character had to change their arms to be different tools and it wasn't that it was realistic it's that science brought this believability and obviously what you're doing is quite different but I guess what I'm moving towards is do you have examples of does that chime with you at all in this kind of idea of, even if you're not saying, this is a game about the environment, the way you seed engaging people into games?
1: How, how, how might that happen and work in a game? Um, well I think some of the games like uh, Eli Media at Blue Beyond and um, Never Alone have done, have really been very careful about working with either indigenous community or Sylvia Earle and other scientists to make sure that the game that they're making um, is true to the realities of the world that we live within so I think there's a lot of game studios that are very careful uh, to hold the hands of experts that when they do do something it is informed to the best of its ability to do the right thing I think other games um, I think for me uh, have the opportunity to inspire um, and to shift norms, so for example, uh, I really like Riders Republic by Ubisoft, which has had a brilliant climate march in there just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, this is a game that my son loves, so I, I know it very well, uh, but the wildfire scenery that you can find when you're on your bike, um, and the way that there's a movement emerging that is both is inspired by the shape and the size of nature, but then can act for it in the game i think is extraordinary yeah. so there's a couple of games out there that i think really lean heavily in on this yeah and we need more of them yeah you know i'm a very amateur
0: mountain biker i as delighted that the exact model of bike i own is in riders republic and i love mountain biking because it's a way to interact with the woodland of nature and you're right like i was a to that because it gave me some of that and let me think about that but i never for a moment considered that i was playing a
1: environment like exactly so I, I think so because i think if you have that the like the environmental games you should play everyone's <laughs> yeah. going to go mm, not sure about that whereas if you, we've always wanted to work with the games that could be cracked open and with some salient sentient messaging put in there that allows people of mass audiences to think okay yeah you know what uh, i love this game i would like to do this this and this and so our Green Game Jam that we run every year. Uh, we started with 11 mobile studios, just to test it out a couple of years ago. Last year we got to 21, we put console in there as well. This year we have got to 43. Um, and that, I think, has been fascinating because we've done polling both pre and post of the games. And a lot of the games are saying, yep, we like this. More of it, please. Um, and we're also finding that a lot of the game studio uh, uh, designers and developers are thinking, um, my heart is on this agenda. I would like to work with games that have a bit more of this in them. So I think that's what we're starting to see.
0: Well, right, and that's nice you take me to the next point I wanted to touch on was, you know, this, you mentioned the summer we've had, the heat I'm feeling right now, or you know, the it's 33 degrees or something. And the, it, it's become very present in all our lives, lack of water and energy supplies and that kind of thing. It's, I don't want to kind of be sensational or overstate it, but it feels like this might not be an option. So this is going to be something, not that we have to <laughs> think about games in this way to change it. I imagine the games industry is willing to come on board and need to come on board. Is going to increase, do you sense
1: that? Yeah, I mean, there's a great quote by Bill McKibben I use all the time, uh, winning slowly on climate is just another way of losing. Um, we don't have time. Um, the next eight years are gonna determine whether or not we are gonna live in a planet that is kind of habitable in August or is gonna become increasingly tough to. So, and I feel personally um, that uh, the gaming industry can be a massive ally in shifting people's behaviors and, and choices around that they're looking to make. And I I feel like othering this problem onto government, uh, Yes, they have a liability and they need to be doing the right thing. Um, But I think this is a everyone everywhere issue and everyone can play a part. Sometimes it's big, sometimes it's small. But I, I just don't think we can outsource this issue to somebody else to take responsibility for. And the next generation of gamers, I think, are very worried about what's coming next. And I think games that are speaking to that concern and are not just creating dystopia that makes you feel helpless, but creating opportunity where you can engage and create possibility, are the kind of games that I think people might want to play a bit more. Because, like the intro of Gamescom and the awards night, was all about games around uh, resource scarcity, um, competition for resources, and things looking pretty bad. Um, and the way we talk about the future shapes it. Uh, and if games are going to pursue a narrative of helplessness rather than hopefulness, then that can shape norms and mindsets.
0: Yeah, I, I've had to kind of go through my own personal process of catching myself kind of being doomful about it, right? And it's tempting to go that way. But in fact, maybe the path forward is, as you suggest there, a kind of more... It's hard not to feel doom about that situation, right? But a more positive active one and look, you mentioning eight years makes if games are an industry it's you know it's important for games and if it's important for everything to exist. That yeah. uh, includes games. Yeah. How much is kind of the sustainability of the studios themselves, you know, the energy consumption of the industry, those those kind of things of course we're Web3 and things like blockchain are being talked about, is, you know, we've talked a lot about the content in games and that power and that's I think that's amazing, right? Games have a power and with that comes a responsibility. Yeah. But what about is part of what you're doing or thinking about, about studios and technologies and studio models
1: and things changing? Yeah, it is. We're doing a lot of work with the industry to help them think about how they can, uh, first of all, measure uh, their, their emissions, particularly the gamer emissions, which is 95% of their carbon kind of footprint. I think there's an interesting debate around software and hardware where does responsibility stop and where does it start? There's an interesting conversation about, um, I would say, when it comes to carbon, it's not as if the gaming industry is as bad as say cement or aviation it's not on that same level of emission creation but the trends point that it's just going to go up and up so we need to do as much as we can as fast as we can to kind of reduce the carbon consequence of gaming so we're doing a number of different things Uh, first of all we're helping the industry to measure its scope three which is hard we're picking up common problems Um, so People are noticing that a lot of their marketing, and communications and user acquisition is quite carbon intensive. So we're thinking about what we do there. And also the cloud measurement you get from Azure and AWS is not apples and apples, it's apples and pears. So trying to help the industry have similar measurements, so when they are kind of putting their games on the servers, the servers are putting out information that they can act on. our role is to facilitate leadership of the industry to do the best that we can. And we think if we can do some good work with the video game industry, <coughs> we can then replicate and share that with others. So they can benefit from our learning.
0: Right, that's a nice point. So ideally this going well would set a kind of standard and even potentially a framework for how you do it with other industries. Yeah,
1: I mean, music's watching what we do. So we've worked with AIM and Beggars and Warner and Sony EMI to help them on a music climate pact about what they can do. They stream. Um, They do a lot in terms of the creation of missions through through, uh, the creation of music. So I think the video gaming industry is probably one, maybe even two steps ahead of music. And so uh, the stronger the leadership that we create with gaming, the analogous learning, if that's not too sillier word can, can be picked up by others so they can kind of benefit from from what gaming does and, and
0: bringing up music there makes me think of the value of the word culture which you brought up before right these are influential industries admired industries part of the tapestry of culture that surrounds us i guess that's a significant power in terms of the aims of what the UN do.
1: yeah um I'm not some great professor of history, but in the 1800s we had opera, uh, and we had uh, the newspaper uh, and other forms of medium that were sharing information and to inspire people. Then in the 1900s, we had the Beatles in 1960, and we had a form of different mediums that people spent time in. This century, the culture that is being created will shift into video games as being the dominant medium through which that happens. So whether it's Fortnite dances or whether it's uh, the other opportunities in games, uh, gaming is more powerful than maybe it wants to be, uh, yeah. but definitely it's become. Um, and with, with power comes responsibility. And, and I do think the video gaming industry has incredible agency, but how it chooses to deploy that is down to them. And I think a lot of the time the video gaming industry is focused on Q one, two, three, four, and so and the short-termist nature of modern capitalism means that the sprint to the end of the year uh, and to the next event, and the next event, means that the long-term outcome of every choice we make is not being factored into a lot of the short-termism. So trying to reshift some of that balance, mm. but I do think culture is a big word. Uh, And I think gaming as culture is something that we should embrace.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah really interesting some of the stuff you're saying there about kind of the you know it's been a hit-driven business. I completely see where you're coming from with the kind of short-termism and focus on the the next four quarters. At the same time, I guess maybe as games increasingly move to uh, live maintained experiences where games last a long time rather than you know box release it's a hit for a month and then it's gone. Do you uh, you know? This isn't a question of any value, no worries at all, but I wonder if as we get to games like Fortnite that are years long experiences and eSports cycles, do you think that could be a positive in terms of moving away from that short term mindset?
1: The socialization and the community that you have within a game will often be the currency that retains you within that game. So. I like to play certain games, so I know my mate might be there and I can find them and have a chat with them and catch up, and gaming is the backdrop to a conversation. Uh, So for me, what's interesting is how you socialize through play and how conversations are retained with certain friends off the back of what you play and when you play it. So I think what's interesting for me is not just the evolution of the game as as a format, whether it'll be longer or more immersive or whatever it might be with the metaverse, but more around how gaming as a form of going to the pub, in inverted commas, uh, is, is the evolution of play that I think we're going to see a lot more of. Right,
0: right. Interesting. That's a helpful analogy. And to finish on a hopefully hopeful, optimistic question, if, let's say this work, this project, this aim and ambition succeeds, <laughs> Like, what's the positive outcome of this, You know, slightly beyond those eight years, should we say, uh, you know, if, if it went well?
1: So, I mean, I I think my job at at UN Environment is to help support the leadership of the games industry to do things either they didn't know they could do, didn't know they should do, but now that they do, they can do things that are exponential. Um, And I think our job is to help the industry be as green as possible, as fast as possible. And that's to deal with its carbon footprint and just to work through the complexity of that put as many green activations in games that are meaningful and authentic as they possibly can, and to have a collaborative mindset, not competitive mindset, where they can learn from each other. So best practice doesn't have to be kind of uh, created by a singular entity doing singular things, because good ideas can kind of jump across and be picked up by others. So in eight years' time, I would like to see the video gaming industry being the greenest industry in the world. I don't see why it shouldn't be. And the players that play games are coming to it, not just for to escape, but also to give back as well.
0: Fantastic. That, you know, I don't want to suggest that's at all an easy task or a small task. That's big and ambitious, but wouldn't, it would be a wonderful place to get to. Um, yeah. And it feels like a nice end. So, yeah, Sam, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks, Will. Some time. genuinely interesting. And, uh, yeah, enjoy the rest of Gamescom.
1: Thanks so much, Will. Thanks for having me. Thank you.
0: And there we have it. That was our chat with Sam from the United Nations. I mean, you heard it, just amazing. So many amazing perspectives. This kind of like exciting and challenging concept that games can be part of a much bigger future than games alone and a really important one. Um. So other than that, just thank you for joining us. Just quickly to say, like, keep your eyes on that GI podcast feed. There's going to be loads more of these Playable Futures episodes with really amazing, fascinating people looking at the future of games and of course james and his team will still be providing your regular episodes um thank you to gi for letting us become part of their podcast with this project and thank you to yuki and diva agency for all the help and making it possible um yeah and thanks to you for listening hopefully we'll see you on the next episode